and welcome to another week of Megan Fun of Sports. I am Megan Gailey. I have makeup on, and Megan Connolly is excited about it. You look hot. Thank you. Well, big changes in my life. Little baby Conrad has started sleeping in his own crib in his own room. And it's this is life-changing. Huge. Life-changing. I mean, I'm getting six to eight straight hours of sleep now. That's more than your average person who doesn't have an infant. Yeah, and he's napping in there. He's napping in there right now, and I CJ came in here and go, I miss Conrad. <laughs> so like, you, you do the whole sleep train, you do the whole thing yeah. where he cries and you just leave him in there? So that's cry it out. We're doing um, something called the Ferber method. We're ferberizing him, which sounds like something you do to like a boat um, in the winter, uh, where it is cry it out, but we go in at different timed intervals if he's still crying and like, you know, rub his tummy, rub his back, say, you are loved, you are safe, shh, shh, shh it's okay. Um, and you do that and, and it's supposed to like not um, scar them as much. <laughs> Very different than the, the fielder method. Which is just throw them. Well, I don't know. Fielder methods from the rehearsal, which we all watched and we love. Oh, right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, he's going to wind up in jail. Um, Megan, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful. We are single digit days away from the NFL season. I had two fantasy football drafts this week. We have the season finale of Hard Knocks tonight. And I think this I'm has excited. been one of the best seasons of Hard Knocks. Um, Actually, we'll already, by the time they listen to it, we will have already watched the season finale of Hard Knocks. Um, And yeah, I'm just doing great. I mean, yesterday we got to see Serena win at the U.S. Open. Um, And we had a good show last week, which I need to bring up because I do have a few follow-up questions for you. Of course. Listeners of this show know now that Megan Gailey is the former Blue Diamond Almond Girl, which blew my mind. Um, yeah. My husband said that he remembers seeing you on TV. <gasps> wow. Don't deny your cravings. Eat them. So um, this this got picked up for a second um, commercial. Like, how did you get this commercial? It's insane. I was in the Bahamas on a family vacation, and I got a call um, from my managers and agents that were like, hey, uh, Blue Diamond Almonds saw a headshot of you and picked you to be in this commercial. I did so not. So they aud- literally saw your picture and they said, "That's yes. our girl." And it was an outdated photo. I like the photo had been taken years before. So they cast me from this outdated photo. I show up in San Francisco. My hair is probably six inches six inches shorter, and I'm about. 30 pounds lighter and they were like we love it and I'm like of course you do (laughs) I'm way better now (laughs) wow yeah how do we get back on blue diamond commercials because I've been trying to tag you and everything I know I really appreciate that and and they responded they said once a blue diamond almond girl always a blue diamond they replied I didn't even see it they must have only added you they were like screw that other Megan her hair is too short I think they're having internal meetings. No, it's my, it's truly my dream. I'm like, bring me back, please. I'll sell anything you want. I will sell anything. And I do love almonds. And I think Blue Diamond is obviously the best. My mom is like, has become so devoted to Blue Diamond that my dad came home with like a planners or something. And she said, Mm -hmm. take it back. Yeah, made get rid of that re- planner shit. She we, made him return it. She he made him return it to the grocery store. How could you? After all, Blue Diamond's done for our family. Well, I'm glad that they, you know, did their due diligence. And I also thought the process would be very different. I mean, hey, it I, gives me hope that it's just a headshot. Maybe if we just start mailing random our headshots. headshots around. Yeah. Well, the yeah. thing is, you get your photos out there um, oh, I do. because you take hot photos every Friday. That like this is going to happen for you. I, I hope feel so. it in my bones. I mean, my I career my goals have sort of shifted after last week's show. I'm like, I just really want a commercial. Before, yeah. you know, I wanted to host my own show, all this. Now I'm like, you know what? I'll just take a commercial. That'd be fine. I think we could be in one together, like a like a DraftKings or um, something Make else. Make it rain. Well, FanDuel, yeah. you know, that's Cousin's House. Yeah. FanDuel. Oh, yeah, FanDuel. Okay. We're FanDuel. not sponsored, but we would love to be sponsored. So, and you know, we could be like up. this to each other. You know, but we're dueling, but it's like, how do we keep these Megans from fight, from dueling? I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll work out the kinks later. And um, we have so much to get to this week. So let's start with our moron and let's start with our moron because mine is, is not 
the happiest of stories. Um, my moron this week is the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Oh, yes. I am sure you guys are, have heard that their now-release punter was implicated in a lawsuit that is the Trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Gang rape of a minor, a 17-year-old girl. Um, and the Bills are saying that they had, like, no idea about this or that the story wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They've now released him. The lawyer representing the the minor, the 17-year-old, said the Buffalo Bills had no choice but to cut their young punter after so badly botching their response to our claim. They ignored us as though what I warned them would happen could be avoided if they just kept their heads in the sand. This is what enablers do. And I do think this is what NFL teams and, and sort of franchises across all the sports spectrum, they go, wow, we, di we didn't know that was so bad we had no idea and it's like we don't believe that um you are trying to make us the morons of the week by trying to like shove this story down our throat that you had no idea when we know that there's something called the nfl combine and that this story was out there this happened while he was a player for san diego state they could have talked to they did talk to the lawyer, but not until June. It's like, you knew this was going to happen. And now you want to go, oh my God. And they've put themselves in a really bad position because they cut their other punter who was on the roster, who has now been picked up by my Indianapolis Colts. And so they're left scrambling at the beginning of the season with no punter, which may sound like it's not that important of a position. It's very important. Um, it Especially can when swing, you play in Buffalo with the weather yes, and the conditions. Yes, it can swing field position, which we know matters. So I think they look like morons. I think they did badly botch this. And I, I they're a team that I'm rooting for. I would love to see them in the Super Bowl this year. And I think this is a really bad way to start the season. I do, just in quick defense, very quick, if there is any defense, I was reading Albert Breer's article. He posts every Monday, Monday Monday morning quarterback article where he dives deep into the NFL. And he actually dove very deep into this topic where he researched all of the NFL and the data that they had on Matt Arizia prior to him being drafted. And very few teams knew the details of what actually happened. That information wasn't out there at the combine. So just there, if I encourage people to read Albert Breer, what happened, inexcusable, terrible. Oof, the, it's really brutal. It's awful that happened. And I mean, we were texting about it before I read The System, which is a book about college football. Yeah. And there was certain situations cited. It was a BYU gang rape situation that happened yeah. in that book. And it's. It's just very sad to me that these situations keep happening on college campuses. And that book was yeah. written probably a decade ago. And the thing is, they're they're not um, confined to athletes either. No. Um, the Hunting Ground is a, a documentary that was nominated for an Academy Award. Brutal. And, and it, it, go, it runs the spectrum um, from non-athletes, people there on academic scholarships. It's just, it's just like... Oh, it's heartbreaking, and I know we're going back to school, and this isn't what we want to be talking about, but that's my moron of the week. Megan, who is your moron? My moron of the week is myself in my fantasy football draft. So oh I mentioned that I had two. I had one on Thursday mm -hmm. for my current work league, and then I had one yesterday for my former work league. And I was so excited. I did a bunch of prep. I did several different mock drafts, and I was really excited about my sleeper pick because you win the drafts in those middle rounds or your late rounds. You get those sleeper guys. Which so is where I really suck. So there's a Washington running back, and prior to a couple days ago, not many people knew about him. His name is Brian Robinson, and I was like, this is my sleeper. I got him. Nobody's going to know about him. He's going to be on my bench. This is a great pick. And I don't mean to make light of somebody being shot, but then three days later, he was shot. He survived a Multiple he was shot shots. Multiple times. And as soon as I found out he was okay, as soon as I found out he was okay, I realized I was like, of course I'm the one who freaking drafted him on my fantasy team. However, I think this could be a good omen. I think he survived the shooting, <coughs> oh, and okay, now okay. he's going to set like a rookie running back record or something like you that. You think he's going to come back? Oh, yeah, he's coming back. They said he's not out for the season. I think he's going Which to come back. He's going to shock insane. the NFL. 
Yeah, I was actually trying to get him in my next draft and somebody else took him because they're probably just as crazy as I am and think that this guy's going to be absolutely insane after surviving a shooting. So Brian Robinson, I am your fan, but I am also a moron for drafting you. Well, but you didn't know. In your defense, you didn't know. Um, Eddie, do you have a moron this week? I do have a moron this week. Um, it is sports related. You know, college football is coming up. This, uh, this it actually already started. Obviously, congrats, Megan, to your uh, Northwestern beating Nebraska and Ireland. But oh, we're gonna week, get to week that. one is starting. Uh, the big game Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Paul Feinbaum, who I'm sure you guys know, but he you know mostly deals in the SEC, but has been pretty vocal about Notre Dame being ranked fifth. Then followed up those comments this morning, which I saw that he thinks that Notre Dame is not acting like Notre Dame. Doesn't like Marcus Freeman's comments about the spread. This, that, and the other. And my reaction to that is, like, well, number one, Paul, stay in your lane, stay with the SEC. Um, Number two, college football has a major problem where there's only really three to four schools that consistently get the five-star players, which is why there's such a massive gap between who could actually win, uh, why the odds jump from Clemson being, you know, 10 to 1 to Notre Dame being 45 to 1 to win the national championship. The fifth team, the fifth best team in the nation is plus 4,500. It's absolutely absurd. It's like saying in the NFL, there's only four teams that can win. Right now, there could be double-digit teams that can win. And then the last point is that he doesn't think they're ranked, you know, they should be ranked fifth. But AP poll says they are. Coach's poll says they are. He has no really leg to stand on. And look, I know Notre Dame's going to lose Ohio State. I'm going in with the best intentions, but I know it's how it's, the result's going to be. But I, I, I think Paul Feinbaum blaming Notre Dame for this is missing the bigger picture of what's really wrong with college football. So that's why he's my moron. Eddie, you got to do it in the Paul Feinbaum boys. Paul, you don't know nothing. Paul. And the thing is, too, I know we mentioned Planner's Nuts earlier. He, to me, looks like the Planner's Peanut Man. Um, Yeah, it's a very distinct little funny face he has. Um, News out of that game, though, my husband let me know that Bronny James is going to be in attendance for the Ohio State um, first game of the season. Not to... He's not... um, being recruited for football is being recruited for basketball. I would love to see Bronny James wind up in the Big Ten. Megan, I know you would as well. Um, okay, so my mensch of the week is Tony Kornheiser. I love PTI. I listen to it every single day. Say, Megan, why are you plugging another podcast on your podcast? Well, it's a TV show that I listen to as a podcast. I think it's a great companion piece to this podcast um and they have been on summer hiatus and they're back michael wilbon not back because he's in ireland i think still yeah, he's still celebrating northwestern's yes, huge win he's still celebrating but um and i and i love when pablo fills in i love mina kimes filling in it truly soothes me it was something i listened to every single day during the pandemic i would cook dinner unwind to it and i'm just so happy that they're back and i end up really agreeing with tony Kornheim are so often this like elder man and I'm just happy to have him back in my ears good well welcome back Tony I'm excited that all of these people are coming back Mike Greenberg like is he still back yet I mean he's been on vacation forever um my mensch of the week and Megan you're gonna want to talk about this even more is Serena Williams she had a huge victory last night we all saw the clip of Olympia with the beads (gasps) in her hair um 1999 is kind of what they were commemorating when we all saw Serena at the U.S. Open her outfit was phenomenal her skirt had the six different layers to represent her six United States titles. Um, Great to see Serena win. And now she has a tough matchup. She's going up against the number two. However, if she can get a victory here, who, who says she can't win at all? Who says she can't win at all? And the, the New York crowd is obviously going to be so behind Serena. I do think, gosh, I want it so badly. You know, it's like it it reminds me kind of of that year that Ivan Isevich had that incredible run at Wimbledon. Um, we, we all are going to be rooting for Serena. It is funny because they had this ceremony last night. Because yes. I think everyone's like, this may not be a deep run. Um, but 
she seemed truly elated to get that victory. We saw her share wonderful moments with a ball girl that she seemed um, to be close with, a video by Oprah. Gail King was the MC of the whole event. Billie Jean Gail King Billie looked great. Billie Jean King in her pink glasses and her pink blazer because she said pink is Serena's favorite color. And you really got to see sort of like the childlike joy of Serena um, that I think we've probably had to be missing over the last few years because she's stepped into motherhood and there's been injuries and losses, but she is truly, I don't know if any sport has ever had an ambassador the way that Serena Williams has been an ambassador for, I think, all tennis, men and women's. Um, we see so many different faces and backgrounds and, and people that have come to the game and the U.S. Open is an incredible representation of that. I, I usually go. I'm devastated to be missing this year. We know that you go. We heard that you sneak alcohol in in tampons. Yeah, that's true. We that's heard true. that. But we see, like, when you're there, it is so multicultural, and, and that's a testament to New York City. But, it, it like, uh, young, old, black, white, brown, everybody is there, and that is because of Serena, and we are truly blessed to have been able to watch this woman. It's incredible and Venus. Um, so gosh, it's going to be devastating to lose her, but we're not, you know, like as Billie Jean King said, you're just getting started. It's just, the I want to know if she has a pair of glasses to match every single outfit that she I owns. bet she does. I bet she does. Well, I would well, love to see her closet. And I think I've mentioned this on the show. Martina Navratilova, her wife is a real housewife of Miami now. And it's been so exciting to like, just watch Martina too. Um, I love all, all right, the tennis should we, gals. Should we dive into hard knocks? Yes. All right. Um, I first want to just clarify to everybody that from this point moving forward, whenever Kevin Durant is brought up, we will be saying, when was the last time that guy ever did a calf? Ugh, Mr. Universe. Love him. I mean, so that needs to dad. be our, that's our, that's our joke. Kevin Durant, yeah. when was the last time he did a calf race? Okay. Anyways, he's causing problems in Brooklyn and we will get there. But from here on out, whenever Kevin Durant is mentioned, the response is, when was the last time he did a calf race? Hold me accountable. I will hold you accountable. So uh, you know that I blame Hard Knocks for getting me invested in teams that I have no business rooting for. Do mm -hmm. you think this season of Hard Knocks has successfully gotten us invested in the D Detroit Lions? 1,000%. I was I actually in Detroit this past weekend, and I... I, I got my tone. I got my toenails done yesterday. I got them painted blue. I wore wow. a blue dress. I am so in to hard knocks. And Dan Campbell, honestly, I texted both you and Eddie this. When I watch this show before bed, I need a cool down period because yeah. Dan Campbell has me ready to do Oklahoma drills before bed while watching the show. I'm so fired up for him. When he was giving the speech prior to joint practices with the Colts, mm -hmm. I thought he was going to cry. He's like. These days mean so much to us. I've had them circled on the calendar. I care so much about this. And I was like, you know what? I care about these joint practices too. I was ready to put the pads on and go. Yeah, I'm so invested. I took Jamal Williams to be one of my running backs on my fantasy team. CJ and I, we were right next to each other. I was the third pick. He was the fourth pick. He goes, I want Jamal Williams. I don't think I have too many running backs. And I go, you know what? I'll take him for the family and he'll be a family investment for us. So I'm, I'm investing in them emotionally and like financially now. Um, I do have to say, so I, that joint practice, that walk that the Colts have beautiful their practice. It's us like it's the blue brick road. So gorgeous, ethereal. I, I said, spread my ashes there. This is incredible. Like bring me, bring me in a little Colts, like Turvis glass and just sprinkle me all over that forest. Enchanting. It did not look like Indianapolis. I thought Thank that was you. somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Thank you. I was like, are we in Oregon right now? What are these trees? It looked And I'm like, is it new? Why wasn't that on the in-season of the Colts? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm super invested in them. I do love the wives. We were texting about them. Um, mm -hmm. David Blau of Purdue fame. 
His wife is an Olympic runner for Columbia. She's truly incredible. And he uh, had a big comeback week this last episode. Yes. Whew, I was like, he's cut. He's cut. And speaking, today is cut day. Yeah, um, I'm not final- looking at my phone. Not looking because I don't want the spoilers. I'm going to watch Hard Knocks tonight and be surprised. I'm very nervous for running back Craig Reynolds. He is the one we saw FaceTime with his brother who is yeah. in prison. Uh, um, a really I'm, incredible I'm nervous story. about all of these players that we've gotten close to. I'm nervous about um, Obina Eze. He is the offensive tackle who is from Nigeria. We got to yes. meet his wife in the last episode of Hard Knocks. He's a guy who shows a lot of potential, but he hasn't yeah. been playing football for that long. Seven I years. Love, yeah, I... Um, I'm I'm really nervous about him, and then obviously there's the wide receiver who's undrafted, uh, Pimpleton, who Lo- we got to Pimpleton see. is a great name. I love his energy. He's so tiny, <laughs> and we got to see him do the the juggling. Um, yeah. I'm doing this with my hands right now. People can't see it because we're recording, but he caught like seven different footballs. It was inspiring. Um, he started off a little rough in that. Yeah, he was dropping game, some easy catches, unfortunately. But he made it back. So I know one of these guys is going to get cut and it's going to pull at our heartstrings. But um, yeah. I'm not looking at the Adam Schefter spoiler alerts. The biggest part of Hard Knocks that I need to get your thoughts on, there was a stand-up comedian involved in this episode, Detroit yeah. comedian Josh Adams. Do you know him? I don't know him. I don't know him. Um, And I thought he uh, did a really professional job. You know, like he he did probably, I'm I'm sure there were rules. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, stuff that they're like, please don't talk about this. Please don't talk about how we're like the lions. Um, And and at first I was like kind of nervous, you know. And then as I saw him go into, I go, this is a pro. This guy probably does corporate events. He studied the roster. He was making fun of how guys look, how people walk. I, I I gotta do stand-up on Hard Knocks. It's truly my dream. Would it be too sexual? Probably. Um, would my husband not want me to do it? Yes. And it's like, some of these men are like, I could be their mother at this point, it feels like. But I gotta get in there. It's like my dream. This is my dream. Well, now I'm upset my dream. because I, the Colts is the obvious, I know. the obvious one for but you. But they have Mike Epps. And so it's like, we have a famous... I mean, one of the greatest black comedians, one of the greatest comedians of all time is from Indianapolis. So why are they going to pick lonely old me? But they had Mike Epps come in and and he actually performed at training camp this year. So what team are you going to perform for? We got to pick one. I mean, the Rams don't need me because it's like we're in L.A. They've got it. They've got their pick. Like I'd go to Buffalo. Uh, my parents are are from there. I, I, I there's part of me that would go to the would go to the Browns, not going there anymore. Um, yeah, I don't Cincinnati? know. Cincinnati. I feel like Cincinnati. You would sell well there. Yeah, I just don't really like Cincinnati as a city that much, but um, if need be, if I was doing, there's a funny bone there, and I, yeah, I would make a pit stop, absolutely. The Texans, I think they could be on Hard Knocks next year. I'd go to Houston. I performed at the University of Houston, so sure, I, there just are, there's an improv there that I've performed at. I, I would want to do Indianapolis. No, absolutely not. Um, I would want to do Indianapolis. Maybe next year Mike Epps will be busy or something. And I'll just go, I'll film it, and then I'll self-release it as an HBO special. Like, that's really what I want to do. Is Maybe I should do stand-up at all 32 teams and then cut it down into a special and it can be on HBO. Okay, well, brilliant idea. Thanks. There's my pitch. We need it. Um, And then one more, just to kind of put a bow on Hard Knocks. The episode started out with Dan Campbell having a pair of pants that were covered in chalk dust. And he started shaking them out in front of everybody for the meeting and yelling about, this is what we got to get rid of. This is the last bit of losing that we have to get rid of. So what, what act is Dan Campbell going to open up tonight's Hard Knocks with? Because I thought it was very theatrical. Yeah, I also, as someone that... um has allergies I would not have liked that because as they like panned out you saw the room was just filled with dust everywhere and I was like some of these guys are going to be sneezing all day um I hope he does something maybe he'll pull like literally a rabbit out of a hat do a magic trick because that is what the lions need to do this year I feel like Dan Campbell is such a hardo, though, and I do love him I, I say this with all love he would be the kind of person who's like Allergies are for wussies. You men, get out there. And we're going to practice. He, that man will never take 
an Allegra. Um, never a Claritin uh, nope. in, in his closet. No. Mm-mm. No way. Um, elsewhere in NFL news, my least favorite NFL player, Tom Brady, was voted number one in the NFL top 100. Should he be number one? And I say this knowing that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I just think at this very moment, in the two, the year of 2022, Tom Brady is not the best player in the NFL. And I feel mm-hmm. bad for Aaron Donald because he is, and he was voted second. So Tom Brady, you and your Botox and your terrible hair plugs, get out of the number one spot. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes was number eight, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Um, it does seem like, like, I couldn't tell if this list was, was a projection. It doesn't seem like it was. It seems like it was, it was based on everything we know up until this point. Players voted. Yes. So players voted. Megan, I have a, um, confession. Uh Uh-oh. I I have Tom Brady on my fantasy team. Oh boy, this is tough. This is really tough. And, and so what I, what I, what I did this year is I was like, I don't, I, usually I'm like morally picking. I'm like, I can't have that. And I go, you know what? Who fucking cares? I brought a child into this world. I've done everything I can. I'm going to raise him to be a good young man, um, to, to add positivity to this world. So I'm going to have the most trash people possible on my fantasy team. And you know what's sad too? You know how they send out those grades afterwards? Mm-hmm. I got the best grade. Oof. I, I, I'm top what of What round did you draft your quarterback in? I think I ended up taking him in the fourth or fifth round. A little early. A little early for a quarterback, no, in my opinion. I know, but I was in that position where I was so early in the draft that it was like, it's not going to snake back to me for 15 picks, and then I'm going to be left with freaking Carson Wentz. So I did take him probably a little early, um, and I have, I have Dak as well. So I'm you got feel- two quarterbacks. Wow. I got two quarterbacks and I'm feeling good about, I think one of them will pop off. Um, I, you know, or, or, or there'll be matchups that are, you know, like the, the Cowboys division is so bad that I think Dak will end up having some games where he really does play well. Well, I just want to point out right now that I am actually concerned about Tom Brady because he looks insane. Now, we know that he's been getting some work done for quite a while, which, hey, I say, do what you got to do. We both get a little bobo in, in of different course, areas. Absolutely. Whatever. I highlight my hair. That's where I was at earlier today. Yeah. You know, I am all for look good, feel good. But there the comes tweaks, a point. The tune-ups. Yes. There comes a point when I think people cross the line. And it tends mm-hmm. to happen a lot when people surprisingly move to Florida. And Tom <laughs> moved to Florida, and now suddenly he... It looks like he's gone a little overboard. Am I the only one who thinks this? I think he looks idiotic. So I saw a lot of people yesterday on the internet being like, what is with his face? What's so sad and what makes me afraid for myself is that I didn't even think he looked crazy. And I think that's because I've been in LA so long. No, it's truly like my mind has shifted because the thing is what we think looks normal. If you dropped like a housewife, like a real housewife that has like minimal work, but like has just been fine tuning in the 1970s, they'd be like, this is a full blown fucking alien. Like (laughs) we have, we have phased into crazy face land. I saw a friend last night her lips looked incredible and I was like I almost asked are those your real lips and then I thought to myself there's no way those are her real lips like we don't even I have to tell people out here that's not a real butt you got to look at the thighs you got to look at the arms we just think things are real now and so I'm I'm now worried about my own judgment based on the fact that I didn't think he looked crazy did he get a lid lift Is that why he was missing training camp? That's what I'm wondering. He said, and I quote, I got a lot of shit going on. But it's like, or were you getting facial surgery? Were you getting a lot of shit done to your face? I I know Joe Buck is addicted to hair plugs, and he's talked about it. He's very open about it. He talked about it in his book. He actually almost lost one of his vocal cords when he was having his his hair plugs done, which is terrifying if you use your voice for a living. Megan, we know so many men that have fake hair. So many men. Which is fine. I get it. Of course. It. It's totally fine. Look, I, I like I said, I just spent three hours at the salon today getting my hair blonde. It's not blonde. It's fake. Um, I say all the time, if my face was ugly, I'd get it changed. But I was blessed with a beautiful nose. 
and I don't need the, what is ever, I'm finding out a lot of people are doing like the chin shaving. You and I were gorgeous, Eddie too. The team here at Megan Fun of Sports, we don't need a lot of work done. But if we were uggos, I would fully encourage us going on the swan. I don't think Tom Brady really needed the work. And I think no. by getting the work, he looks nuts. Yeah. For me, it's the hair more than anything. It's I bet he switched doctors. Because the hair. thing is, I'm, I'm sure in Massachusetts, you've got really high quality and sort of like, let's do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You go to Tampa, they're throwing the fucking works at you. I'll just tell you, get a little, I get a little bobo right in the forehead. Just so, you know, preventative. It's all preventative is yeah. what they tell you, right? You can't, so, you can't. You can't get it while you're pregnant or breastfeeding, so I've been off oh. of it for at least a year. I can't can't tell at all. Um, get a little on the forehead for the preventative. And when I was in Massachusetts, you know, they'd be like very light, very light, just a little, little here, a little there. Now you go to Florida and like, do you think you want to up it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to up it at all. But they're very pushy down here. Very, very pushy. Okay, staying in the NFL, switching to a different quarterback that makes a Getting lot of Getting back to the NFL, away from Botox. <laughs> I think they're all in the same. Um, I wonder if any of the NFL players get Botox in their armpits to cut down on the sweating. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers was on the Joe Rogan Experience. I know you watched it. I know Eddie watched it. You could not pay me a sum of money to watch one second of that. I am literally so fucking excited that Meghan Markle beat out Joe Rogan's numbers last week. It almost made me shoot out of my chair with enjoyment. But you two watched all three, three hours of this. I, I mean, a labor of love. Give, give me the highlights or the lowlights. I didn't watch. I listened. Okay. If that makes it any better. Okay. Um, it does I, not. Honestly, I didn't really have much of a problem with anything that Aaron Rodgers said. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person, but I do think we are living in a different time than we were this time last year. And I think we're living in a different time than we were the year before because a lot's happened in the last three years, right? We all lived through <laughs> a global pandemic. A lot. Um, and I feel like every day that we advance in this pandemic or that we advance away from this pandemic, we learn a little bit more about what the hell went on. And I do think in five, 10 years, we're going to be able to look back at this time and be like, wow, probably shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have done that. No, I'm not pointing fingers and saying this person's to blame. This person's to blame. Nobody knew. Nobody knew anything. And so I do think even this time now versus this time last year, like last year in training camp, vaccinated players versus non-vaccinated players were treated entirely differently. You're not talking about that this year in training camp because we've learned a lot about vaccines since this time last year. And Aaron Rodgers um, went on and he talked about his vaccination status. He is allergic to something that is in the vaccine and the CDC recommends because of his allergy that he shouldn't be vaccinated. So he went through a process to get immunized, which I didn't know what meant, but he explained it on the Joe Rogan experience where apparently he got certain doses of the Literally, virus. my pussy is drying up. Like with every word, like it's like, with every word coming out, I'm more and more upset. Keep going, but he, keep going. he got doses of the virus. He microdosed it. He microdosed yeah. it. He yeah. basically microdosed the virus so that yeah. he was immunized. And he talked about just the judgment that he faced and whatnot. Um, and I do think we are living in a different time. There was a time when we thought if you were vaccinated, you could not get COVID and you could not spread COVID. And now we mm -hmm. are in this place where we know that that's not true. You can both get and spread COVID. So I do think we are transitioning to a time and it was interesting to hear Aaron Rodgers' perspective on the vaccine and how he's been treated differently since his he's decision. I think he's, I think he's so fucking woe is me. I think he is a complainer. I think there is no one who has a better life than him and is constantly angry. And it's, I hope the ayahuasca truly worked. I think he needs to find inner peace. And I'm like saying that, and I know that Blue Moon is helping him, but it's like, why are you, you are, you are an MVP. You are considered one of the greatest athletes of our time. And all I ever do is hear you fucking complain. You are treated just fine. You live in a mansion. You are beloved by the team you are on and the fans. Grow the fuck 
up. He really drives me insane. He's so annoying. And it's like, you think that that you are a victim of the woke mob? People are murdered, Aaron. Like, it, it's just like, this isn't real. It's not real. And if you are so annoyed by it, then retire from football and get out of the public eye. That's what I think. I just think that I... I'm not saying, listen, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, whatever, but I'm also at the point where I'm like, listen, people can make up their own mind. I'm done talking about vaccines. I'm done talking about COVID. We're all going to get it at least a dozen more times throughout our life. So if you want to get the vax, go ahead and get it. And if you don't want to get the vax, go ahead and get it. Just don't tell me about it. I don't care. I don't care But what I'm saying, Megan, and, and I fully agree with you, he's the one who's still talking about it. We're not talking about it anymore. And it's like, okay. Dog, I, I don't I don't know what you want. I mean, it, it kind of brings me to this point of Josh Gordon was released by uh, the Chiefs today, and, and we were texting about it before. This is a, this is a, an athlete whose career was wasted based on a bullshit rule, and I think for the NFL to have this substance abuse policy is racist um, and totally fucked up. And it's like you look at situations like last year, what happened in Vegas with alcohol, a man was drunk and killed a woman. Has there been any step to outlaw alcohol in the NFL? No. Aaron Rodgers was allowed to take ayahuasca, was allowed to be, to, to basically not have the rules and follow the things that everyone else had to. He continues to get special treatment, which is fine. I'm not even saying he doesn't deserve special treatment. He is special. He is a face of one of the most important franchises in sports. He deserves special treatment. But then on the back end of it to go, I can't believe, it's like, please shut up. Please shut up. You are rich. Please shut up. They did also talk about in the, on the Joe Rogan experience, um, just about how abused prescription drugs are in of the course. NFL and how much they were given out to players and how other methods of uh, anti-inflammatories or other methods of dealing with pain are not fully accepted by the NFL, like things like CBD, things like marijuana, things like that. Exactly. So we did talk yeah. about that a, a bunch on the Joe Rogan experience and um, I am in agreement. I mean, they give out, 100%. Oxy, they give out all that stuff like it's yes. candy in the NFL and that plays a detriment in people's lives post football too. I mean, yes. you have people addicted to painkillers so that they can get through a game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. even admitted that he's played on Percocet to deal with yeah. pain. And he's like, and listen, I'm far from the only player who's done this. All of these players are doing that. And I think it just brought a lot of light to, okay, so you're saying this is okay, but you're saying this is not okay. They did talk about that quite a bit. Um, Yeah, I'm not saying he's wrong on everything. I'm just saying he's really fucking annoying. I agree with you on that. I think Aaron Rodgers is annoying. I think he's just as annoying as Tom Brady. A different type of annoying, but both similarly annoying. Mm -hmm. Similarly, that's such a tough word. Similarly. Similarly? Similarly. Um, Eddie, do you have anything to add on Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Megan, you covered it quite well. Uh, Megan, I do agree with what you said, though, about like why did why did he have to do this interview now when it's kind of settled down in a, in a sense for him? The season's about to start, so I'm, I'm with you on that. But, I mean, I think he just was trying to call up the hypocrisy, like you said, about certain things in the NFL, whether that was with you know CTE, whether that was with the, the painkillers, whether it's with the COVID stuff, and him kind of just pushing back on – you know, he was singled out for the being being unvaxxed, but like, you know, the media could have easily t- been like they could have known because of the wristband thing. He said that, you know, vax players had green wristbands. He wore a yellow wristband. Um, the team knew from the minute that he told them, like he sent appeals to the NFL. The NFL basically came back and said, you're a conspiracy theorist. Um, so, I mean, he the NFL also did. I believe he did say that vax players can't get. Um, can't get COVID and they cannot spread COVID, which we know now is that. And again, I'm boosted, vax, whatever. But uh, I, I do. I don't have a problem with him calling out the hypocrisy of the league. Um, and I and he does admit that his relationships with people are, have not been the same since this happened. So, look, if he felt the need to express it, it is what it is. I know people don't like him. I know people don't like Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm more of a person with an open mind. I don't need to be you know, forced into what I'm supposed to believe. So I'm okay with going to things with open mind and listening. And I, I think for the most part, he didn't make solid points. Yeah, I listen. I was, Eddie and I had this conversation yesterday. Like, if I like the guest on the show, I'm listening to Howard Stern. If I like the guest on Joe Rogan, I I'm love listening. Howard Stern because I'm I mean, like Howard Stern's great. <laughs> 
I I think I, there's like what Eddie said, going in and listening to it. It's three hours long, so it no. is a commitment of your time. But if you're on a walk one night and you're like, I want to listen to something, hey, and you feel like you want to hear what Aaron Rodgers have to say, throw it on. I I'm not gonna say I enjoyed the listen, but I was intrigued mm-hmm. by it. I, well, I appreciate you um, taking one for the team because there will never be a moment where. It graces my ears. Um, But that's also, I work in this industry and I have to suffer the ramifications of some bad stuff that that he has propped up. You know, so it's like, and it's, and I find him to be stupid too. So it's like, I have limited time. I have a child. I have wonderful things in my life. I can't listen to a stupid person for three hours. You know, if I could, then I wouldn't be here. Um, speaking of a stupid person, Sony Michelle was cut by the Dolphins. And, and I almost stupid, drafted him. The almost stupid people him. are the Patriots because he was a Patriots draft pick who amounted to nothing yet again. Ugh. So here we are. I know we have other sports to get to. Should we take a break and then and then finish out with with the non NFL stories? Yeah, I just want to hit real quick before we take a break. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Our favorite NFL quarterback. Yeah, because now he's, he's got a lot of money to take us out on dates. That's right. He restructured his deal with the 49ers to make him the highest paid backup. And a lot of people are saying that this reeks of Trey Lance not being ready, which I think a lot of those who did their fantasy drafts too early may regret because Trey Lance was noted as one of those fantasy sleepers. Now, if Trey Lance isn't ready... Owners are going to be pretty upset with that. I would also like to point out that Jimmy Garoppolo looked a little bit more salt and pepper in the picture that was released yesterday. And I'm not saying I don't love a gray-haired man. I love a gray-haired man. I do. But it was a little little shocking to see him look that way. I think maybe he's trying to make friends. And he's like, I'm just too hot. I don't even think his hair naturally went gray. I think he's like, I gotta make myself uglier. You know, it's like a really hot man being like, I'll put on glasses. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. But ooh, on, yeah, he's like, mm, he's aging nicely. I, I am concerned about this as a fantasy owner because I do have George Kittle on my team and I would like him to be putting up numbers. So whether that's from Lance or my baby Garoppolo. I just, I need him to get some catches. George Kittle, big wrestling fan. Big, 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 big wrestling fan. I believe that with the hair. I believe that with the hair. He's got, mm-hmm. he looks like a wrestler. Okay, now we can take a break because we're done talking about our, our love, Jimmy Garoppolo. So we will be right back. Okay, we are back here on Megan Fun of Sports. Shall we do it? Shall we talk about the NBA, is there anything to talk about in the NBA? Pat Beverly is now a Laker. Yep. Are you feeling okay? Is CJ feeling okay? I find it to be truly hilarious. I think Pat Beverly is a like honest-to-God character. Um, and it does make people wonder, you know, him and Russ have had like a feud, but I think it's like we're on an opposing team feud. I think they can coexist. I think it's a little like trumped up. The only landing spot that people are talking about right now for Westbrook is my Indiana Pacers. They're saying it would be a trade for Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, um, maybe some picks, and then we get Russell Westbrook. And you would love this because you are a Russell Westbrook defender. I am a Russell Westbrook defender. I don't think Russ would love this, though, so I want him to be happy. Um, I, I think if he can be on this Lakers team and play well and be vindicated, I think that's the best thing he for can't. him. He can't. I think Nobody he can. wants Russell Westbrook. For the love of Christ, nobody wants him. I think, he, I think he's going to be good. I do. This, is, this house, this is a Russell Westbrook, we believe in you house. Well, okay. this podcast is a divided podcast. Yes, we are. We I are do not home, believe in Russell we Westbrook. We are home divided. I think... Um, <sighs> I blame Lakers fans. I blame Lakers fans. I still do. And and is it because when I was pregnant, they were not hospitable to me? Yes. But I am still mad at them for how they treated him. And I I want I want him to stay. Listen, if he goes to the Pacers and is fucking lights out there, I'll be happy too. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I believe. I believe. 
I don't. I think he's just the guy that everyone's like, oh, sure, I'll play with him. And then I do a year and they're like, yeah, I'm done. I will never let that happen again. And now that it happened to LeBron, everybody else is going to learn and they're not going to want to play with them. The other NBA news that breaks my little heart is my favorite rookie, Chet Holmgren, who is defending us tall, lanky people. He is out for the season with a Liz Franck injury, and it's just so happened. It's so sad the way that it happened in a game that really meant nothing, and he will miss the whole season. I do think part of this is smart by the Thunder because I think they're looking at his body and saying he needs to be developed. He is just way too tall and way too thin. He needs to bulk up. He's already dealing with this injury. We could get him ready and back for the regular season, but let's let his body develop and give him the year of time. I just hope it's not the end of Chet Holgram. I'm also yeah. realizing right now, as I look at this podcast where we have our name, my last name is spelled wrong. And you spelled it. I did. It's Canonally. Yeah, <laughs> Canonally. <laughs> I typed my own last name wrong. Oh, I do that all the time. Well, I have um, like 17 names, so I mean. You do have a lot of names. I leave the last letter off of words a lot. That's how they found out that I had ADD when I was like 17. I was just like writing and I would leave the last letter off like every third word because I was so excited. Wow, I cannot believe that I Megan did Megan Canonally. <laughs> Okay, there's nothing really else going on in the NBA, right? Do we care right now? No, we are moving on to college football. Week zero was last week, and my (laughs) Northwestern Wildcats, who you guys all know because you heard on the show, we all bet, at least I bet, the over on Northwestern wins. And I agreed. I agreed. Northwestern goes into this game as 11.5-point underdogs. And they somehow or another found a way to defeat Nebraska 31 to 28. And let me tell you something, the somehow or another, it was all because of Scott Frost. And I I probably should have made him my moron of the week because Nebraska has all of the momentum. They take a lead and they can just continue the momentum. They can pin Northwestern and stop them with their defense. But what did Scott Frost decide to do? He decided to go for an onside kick and let Northwestern right back into the game. And that they did and they even had an interception at the end to seal the deal I'm thrilled because Northwestern offense hasn't been good in a long time this was the first time since 2018 that the offense had over (coughs) 500 yards in a game they were giving out free beer in Dublin. I mean, and they got to stay and party. Like, I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, some of these dudes are going to... The women in Ireland are hot. This is what's wild about Ireland. It's like the men want to get married, and the women are like, I'm hot, I don't want to get married to you yet. Like, it, it's sort of a role reversal of what we think the stereotype is in America. Oh my God, I bet these players went out and went fucking buck wild in Dublin after this. I hope Nebraska did too. I hope they got to drown their sorrows a little bit. Well, the best part is Coach Fitzgerald always says after a win, like, good job, men. Now it's time to go out and have some good, clean American fun. Well, well, they were having probably naughty, dirty Irish fun. Hell Um, yes. This is huge for the program. A big win, especially. Michael Wilbon called it the biggest win in Northwestern history. Um, No, he's being so dramatic. (laughs) There's many more wins that were, I mean, look, you can go back to the 1995 Rose Bowl season when they beat Notre Dame. That was a bigger win. You can go back to when I was there and they beat Notre Dame. That was a bigger win. So, Wilbon, I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself there. He's getting a little older, so maybe. The helmets were fantastic. I know Eddie wants one. I want one. I'm going to DM somebody, try to get myself one. Um, So now I'm back. I'm fully back with Northwestern football. I'm so excited. I went to the local Northwestern alumni bar. I was leading people in the fight song. It was honestly a highlight. Huge. Oh boy, this is going to end poorly for you, but I'm going to be be the shoulder you can cry on. This thing about, I do kind of feel bad for Nebraska because it's like, when were they last good? The seventies? Like, but then they, they still hang on to like, we are Nebraska. Like they still think they're this like hot, badass chick. And it's like, you have no teeth. Um, but fans are so nice. And I also just have to let you all in on a little secret here. I was in Michigan. I mentioned I was in Detroit for work where gambling is legal. So I put in all of my bets for the next, you know, foreseeable future while I'm in states where it's legal. So obviously I had to bet on the Northwestern Nebraska game, 11 point underdogs. Northwestern still hadn't named a starting quarterback. I know how this all goes. So I bet Nebraska. Oh yes. I bet Nebraska minus 11 and a half. 
And um, obviously, I lost the money on the bet. But, but here is the thing. When you bet against your team, you really can't lose. You right. just can't because I don't even care about the money I lost. I'm so happy that Northwestern won. And, and honest, it makes my three and a half over look even better. And honestly, Megan, for someone like you, who I do think is bad luck, you may still continue to bet against your own teams. I think that would be smart for you. I think it's good for my mental health. I think so too. I think this is the strategy. They win, they win. If they don't, you get money. Um, Therapists out there who have gambling addicts, I think you should propose this strategy. Just bet against your team. (sighs) The real college football starts this weekend. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and we already talked about it. Uh, Marcus Freeman returns to Ohio State. Um, Notre Dame is 17.5 point underdogs. That's a bet I put in this past weekend. I actually bet Notre Dame plus 17.5. I think there's no way they lose by that many. So I'm sure Eddie is in on that one with me. Um, And my favorite headline from college football this week is that Jim Harbaugh cited the Bible when he was asked why he's rotating two quarterbacks. I, I, I honestly think he's lost his fucking mind. Um, and I really, like, if I was one of his players, and I know that, like, most football players love Jesus anyways, I'd be like, this dude has a lot, like, what are we, what, uh, first the abortion and now the rotating quarterbacks. Well, you know, I, I wasn't going to go there with the abortion, and we're not going to get too far into this. We're going to stick on the light side of it. But Jim Harbaugh did say if any of his players were in a situation where they couldn't get an abortion, that he and his wife would raise the baby. And I... I would love to see a reality TV show of this happen. We've been on record of saying that. Um, <laughs> that's not how abortion works. Um, but thank you for offering that, Jim. Yeah, it's... Oh, I hate to say we're seeing CTE in real time, but I think we might be. Oh, also, Antonio Brown said that he wanted to host SNL, and we got to make this happen. I mean, talk about CTE in real time. What would that monologue be? That would be a dream come true for me. <laughs> I would love to see that as well. Um, and, but I, I just feel, we're, are we at the point where it's not funny anymore? Of course. Yes. <laughs> we, oh, we've passed that point. But, uh, you know, it's like the media continues to cover mentally ill people like they're totally fine. So it's like, you know what? Why don't we have an SNL season where we just let every full-blown fucking nutso person be a guest host? I think that'd be fun. I think we should be guest hosts. I Listen, I can make that happen. One of my dear friends is Joe Biden on the show. Wow, we really James, could make this happen. James Austin Johnson. I'll take him, any minor role. Death. Any, any minor role. Um, before we kind of log off here, I would like to give our listeners some NFL preseason bets that I put in. Um, so the Arizona Cardinals to make the playoffs, which I think they will, plus 118, threw that bet in there. Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Chargers, all to make the playoffs. Plus 340. Put Did that you do that for me? Did you do that for me? That one was specifically for you. Just for you. you. But I, the Colts, you. they're going to make the playoffs. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. All of these are for sure wins. The Chicago Bears team with the, the worst regular season record, plus 750. Put that bet in there. And then wow. Adam Thielen over seven and a half receiving touchdowns. The odds on that changed quite a bit. Minus 102. But I put that bet in there as well. And listen, I think the Patriots under on on win total, I think that's a good bet. I think the Patriots to miss the playoffs, I think that's another good bet. I know I am a Patriots fan, but I am being very realistic about this season. It's not going to go well. Okay, well, I have two Patriots on my fantasy team. Can't remember their names, but I did it for you. Um, Wow, okay, I'm going to get in on that Colts. uh, That's called a parlay, right? No, that wasn't a parlay. It was just um, they put them all together. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. Okay, I'm going to go in on that bet. I'm going to find find a way to illegally do it. Um, This has been great. And we're going to debut a betting segment next week. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited to... You see this house I'm in? I may not be in it for long. I may lose it to my bookie. (laughs) All right. um, Anything else? Anything you got to plug? Anything before we go? Nope. I got nothing. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Megan Fun of Sports. Everybody go enjoy Hard Knocks and we will see you in week one. Oh, I'm so excited.